this is another episode of the <clears throat> the Native Hicks Show, and I'm Curtis Morris for um, another episode here. And uh, we uh, there's really nothing really going on. I mean, this coronavirus is just uh, it's it's crippling. I'm t- I'm telling you the mor- the the morale of the of me inside. I mean, it's enough to make you go fucking nuts. It really is. I mean, I mean, it's bad enough to not have sports, but then to like look out at your like in your town or in your city or wherever you're at and see empty like spaces like where cars are usually are every two minutes. And I can look outside right now, and there is nothing going on. This place is a ghost town ever since this thing started. <clears throat> and I know, I mean, I mean, I'm going right through it, too. I'm with everybody else. I mean, I don't like it just as much as the other guy, but this, uh, it's, uh, it's make you go fucking nuts. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is, this is, this is, uh, almost too much. I mean, we need a we need a sport something. Like I know UFC this weekend is going to be a really good card because finally something you know you had WrestleMania, but you know you got AEW. I mean these wrestling things, and you, you, now you we're going to have a sport in Jacksonville, Florida, UFC two forty nine this weekend. I cannot wait. I previewed it last week, so I'm not going to talk about it again this week and give them. More press, whatever. Dana White has enough money, okay? If he could, he could invite me out there once, you know. I'm out here on this public forum now. Why not me? Why not? Why not? Come on, Dana. Holler at your boy. <laughs> I, I like. I've been watching UFC since Jesus. I think the first one, and I wasn't supposed to watch it, man. It was, it was shocking. As a kid, I was a kid, and there was a bunch of my cousins. And uncles, and they got together. I don't know what it was. There's some kind of get together at my aunt's or something, and they have rented it over the weekend. And they all went over there and watched it. They taped it back in when the VCRs and the you know the cassette tapes and whatever, VHS tapes where you could tape TV and stuff on it. They've taped it off the pay per view, <laughs> and then then I got to watch it. I kind of snuck it. And I watched it. Yeah, I remember this one. Um, it was a, I don't know what the fight, who the fighters were. I mean, it was so long ago. But this one fighter like pulled the whole fucking ponytail out. I think. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> if it wasn't the whole ponytail, it was half of it. You know, he had like this, like this uh, Mongolian like like a ponytail it was it was like nothing but like a patch of hair on the top of his head and he had wrapped it up into a ponytail like some kind of mongolian thing yeah and and, and he yeah, i think he, he got it pulled out yeah i think he i think he did but last week we had i'm i'm fucked it up you know is he is one of them shows where you just kind of write jot shit down and try to remember names and <laughs> this week is going to be kind of like that because this week, uh, this week we're going to preview. I am the the NFL teams. I think are going to be the top guys 
at the very end of the season, if we have an NFL season. And then I'm going to re- go over the top 10 Nebraska football games that I think that were like the ones that I saw. This ain't, you know, like a national thing. These are the things that I saw with my own eyes, and I thought they were the best games that I've ever seen in my life. And I bet you there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of games that people think, and I don't, I don't think they're going to, I'm going to name them 1 to 10. They're going to be in no particular order. And I'm pretty sure you could watch every one of these games on YouTube. I, I'm pretty sure of it. And there is a lot of games that I liked, but to take, to only pick 10 was kind of crazy, but I did. I picked 10 and if you don't like it, go, go fuck yourself. I don't know. But yeah, but this coronavirus thing, let me, let me go with the numbers with you. My God. I mean, in this area alone, the coronavirus by the numbers today, the very, like, this was like updated like a half hour before, like a, like a half hour ago, I think. I'm pretty sure of it. USA at its highest was April 24th, 36,137 people were infected. And starting back on an upward, we're going back on an upward trend right now. <clears throat> this is a there's 1.280 1.28 million confirmed cases and then today we're at 24,572 people currently infected and 137,000 have recovered and then 76 76 1,421 have died because of it. Most of them are with like underlying health issues. We get that. They're old. Their their time was almost up anyway, I guess. Some people, some of them had cancer and only had like maybe a year or so to live. But still, man, to snuff someone out like that. Like, they're, they're ready and enjoy, like, twenty the rest of their 2020 looking forward to the summer. And then they're not going to. You know, you hear the doctor say that, you know, oh, it's a good thing. It's only 76,000. It's only 76,000 people that died because of this virus. How about one is horrible? How about that? They talk to it like it's like it's a like we're like we're insects, like we're like we're flies. How about zero? That's good. How about that? One death isn't good. And I'm sure in the hell thinking that seventy six thousand people that's died because of it isn't anywhere near good. They talk to us like we're like, <laughs> you know, you know, it's the only good thing. It's only 76,000. Well, 76,000 of them have families. I'm pretty sure of it. And people, and people knew them.
in Iowa, this is the area where I live. I live in Nebraska. There's 6,083 right now with it. There's only been 78 deaths in the area. Which is a lot to around here. Because there's only, oh my, sorry about that, there's a car outside. There's only been 70, 78 deaths, but there's only like 900. Well, in, in this town, there's a little over 1,000, I think. 1,083. And, and in, in this county, I would say there would, it would be, in all the towns in this county, I think there, it's, 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 it's about, I would say, 3,000 people here. I think there's 900 of them has been affected in this area. It's close to 900. In Iowa, right across the river from us, from me, I'm literally live like right on the border. It's South Sioux City and then Sioux City right there. And there's a bridge that's connecting us. And I'm telling you, that Iowa-Nebraska rivalry is hot. We hate each other. I can't even go. I can't even look at it. The, the, the place stinks like dog. The place stinks like wet dog. Every time it rains, the st- you can hear, you can smell the stench coming from over there. It stinks so bad. Like as a community, we have to blow our fans from our own house, our personal fans, toward north. We have to blow it north because we don't want that here. It just stinks. For some reason, every time it rains, like a little, like a little mist, especially a mist, because that carries. Especially a mist, and when that shit carries, it, it's it comes, the smell. The wind blows it with the mist, and it smells like a wet, fucking dog. It smells exactly like a wet dog, or a dead rat. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and, uh, okay, Iowa has 9,703 cases, and 3,486 has recovered, and they have 188 deaths, which is too much. It's too much. And it's, and it's in an area, too. It's not really on the panhandle or, you know, it's in, it's in this area, too. It's like, it's like the hot spot. Because we have two plants. We have the Tyson plant here. We have another Tyson plant over there. And there's another plant. Like, I forgot what it's called. But it's like right across the river. Right near the river. And that place stinks too. And they have so many people going from every state to that. We got South Dakota. Right, we It's a tri-state area. Which is Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa. And you have... All these counties going to these plants, and they're carrying it. And I mean, they're coming in and they're coming out. They're coming in and they're going out. And then every day, you and you got that shit flying around. And if someone from South Dakota had it and they carried it here, not knowing they had it, and they're carrying it back to their state, and they're and they're giving it to people over in Nebraska, and they're going home with it, carrying it there, going to grocery shopping and everything. I mean, you're, it's just spreading. And then you got Iowa too going in and out. Like 
two, three hundred, four hundred people a day, different shifts going in and out of these plants. I and and they shut it down, and but they're gonna open it up. It's just a week. I mean, how big is a Tyson plant? I'm telling you, it's huge. And they're only gonna shut it down for a week. Well, we're gonna personally open it up. And we're going to have testing on site, they said. Well, bullshit. I don't think it's enough. Because you're going to get everyone sick. (laughs) I mean, it's happening now. I mean, you can see it. I mean, they're comparing it to the uprise. Right now, they're comparing it to New York when they started. We're just starting, guys. I, I believe it. I believe it. We're just starting in this area. In this tri-state area. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. We're, I, I, we're, it's almost going to be to where everybody's going to get it. It's, <laughs> it is. Because if you have it and you don't have, you, you don't know it. Some people say you, you're not even symptomatic. You don't even know you have it. And you just get over it. You have a slight cough. And you and if you don't know it. And you, you don't feel anything. And you go outside and you're breathing it on in in a grocery store somewhere or drive through. And you're, it's, it's so contagious. I'm telling you. It, it's worse than I thought. You know, when I first heard this, I was like, oh, is this going to be like H1N1? Swine flu? What? Bird flu? You know, what is it? The Spanish flu? Get the fuck out of here. This ain't going to be nothing. Then when they called it the pandemic, I was like, oh, I think, you know what? I don't, this, I don't think it's that serious. And then people started to die. And it got a little bit serious. And you hear it going to state to state. And you, and you see it on the news. Well, first case in Arizona. First case in Texas, 136 more cases in Texas. Like uh, New Orleans, first case, state by state, where they were going down. State by state. And it, now it's like, <laughs> you know, and, it, and, I, and I've said this already on here. This is life now. This is, this is going to be just another, like a, like a flu or, or, or um, influenza, you know, A or B. This is going to be exactly like that. And it's just going to be life. You're going to have flare-ups just like flu. There's over, I think I, I heard somewhere, there's like over a thousand, like, s- s- strands of fl- strains of flu out there. Like, oh, you could go ahead and get that. This is what I heard from a doctor. Oh, you can get a vaccine, but it ain't going to help you against this strain. This strain is more potent than the last year's strain of flus. What, what, what the fuck here? What? So I shouldn't get... He's like, you can get vaccinated for, you know, you can, but it ain't going to help you. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Then on top of it, this, this is, this is, and you know, there's so much shit going on. 
I mean, it's not as nothing happy is coming out of this. Nothing, you know, you don't hear about like a, I don't know, a unicorn being born or, a, or we finally found Sasquatch and he's happy motherfucker. And he bought all the kids in Pennsylvania toys. Nothing. You think something would happen. Like, like a breath of fresh air. We need it. We, we need it. Baseball is opening camps. Okay. When are you going to play the fucking game? Because I ain't going to pay money to go see a bunch of people play catch. We need a game. There's them talks about like uh, that Tyson is going to come back. And then I see like Holy Holyfield might make a comeback. I was like, get those two motherfuckers in a ring and have an exhibition fight. Just a three round, five, five minute knockout drag out. That's a 15 minute bout. Five minutes around. Unsanctioned brawl. Give us that at least. Tyson. Mike Tyson. Then you have Tyson Fury's dad saying, Oh, I could take out Mike Tyson. No, the fuck you can't. You old son of a bitch. I did I never has I don't even know. If someone could get back at me. It is has Tyson Fury's dad ever boxed? Or or, or sparred? I know he's probably sparred with his it's his son. Tyson Fury. But I don't even think he's his dad even ever did anything in the, in the ring actively. Because uh, I haven't heard of anything. He says he could take Tyson though, Mike Tyson. No, the fuck you can't. Because as soon as he lays it on your chin, oh man, I hope they have doctors, <laughs> like a team of doctors. Because as soon as that fucker touches, Tyson touches him, he's going to have fucking COVID. He's going to have all, all, all that shit. He's going to barely make it. Then on top of it, I'll murder hornet. <laughs> a murder hornet. Two inch long, like a, a quarter of an inch dinger. And there's myths going around saying, well, it could kill a guy. It could kill you. It could kill, it could, it could kill a human being. No, no. It, well, it, they, well, for like, uh, the scientists say it had, they say it can happen, but rarely ever does. But they're not going to tell you, they're not going to tell you, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not going to happen because that'd be against their science because it has happened. But they say rarely. Let me tell you. I think they say it kills about an average of 50 people a year in Asia, Thailand, all these like, you know, Asian countries. That's a fucking owl. If you, I don't even know if, anyone, if you guys heard that or not. There was like an owl howling. Nah, he ain't howling no more. I don't hear it. I think I heard it. 
So you guys don't know, my studio was like up in this house, and it's in this in this room upstairs, and I got the doors, everything open, so I could hear the rain, I could hear, you could hear the cars, there might be a train, you might hear birds chirping, and an owl, apparently. A woodpecker every now and then, every morning, sometimes in the morning when I come in here, I hear a woodpecker out there on a the tree. And I can never find that fucker because he is so annoying. Then, then, uh, yeah, the, well, scientists ain't going to tell you that a murder hornet cannot kill a person because it has. And science uh, experts, be experts saying human beings don't have to worry about these guys because they rarely go after humans. Uh, they go against they go against beetles and and honeybees. What they do is they go in and take over a, a hive, a honeybee hive, and chop off all their fucking heads, and then make um like a stew with it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so bad. They make like a a ball of like stew, or larvae and shit. Isn't that fun? Fucking disgusting, man. That's fuck. That, I mean, that's disgusting. They just go in there and they got these like little pinchers too. I mean, you can see them. They're not like you have to like squint or maybe get a microscope or like a magnifying glass to see it. No, you can see that motherfucker. Because they say the bite, the, the pinchers around the thing is probably, you don't want to get bit <laughs> by these things. Sting, yes, it's probably the worst sting you could ever imagine, but you don't want to get bit. But uh, yeah, the experts, bee experts, saying that they're they're Asian bees. They're not murder hornets. They're just hornets. They're just hornets. And because they're what I've been reading that they said this is a bad rap for murder. I mean, yeah, it, it demolished that uh, that rat you seen on that video. But then I just saw a video of a praying mantis just shredding a fucking hornet apart. One of them big fucking things. I think people are like finding them hornets and just like making them fight. <laughs> Like different objects and shit. Because it's pretty mad. It's pretty much. I mean. In the video. I, I guess I didn't watch a video. It was like still pictures. But they show all, all the time. They, I mean in the pictures. They show like. Limbs. On the, on, on the floor or something like that. You can see the mer the hornets. Like limbs and shit. All around. Like it just sh sheared. That Polynesian oak. Right off that motherfucker. I'm gonna start with the NFL real quick. Um, <clears throat> this is a, my top, my top ten NFL my NFL picks. These ain't stone cold lead pipe locks, <laughs> no. But these are my the top ten, and I'm gonna start with the ten and work my way up. These are top ten. This is because my Nebraska picks, my games, my my favorite games are gonna be in no particular order. There's no particular order. I'm just going to say, yell them out, and I'm going to, you know, give out some facts, some statistics, 
the players that that played on that team in my recollection of the game. But here I'm just going to go peruse the the NFL section of this thing. It shouldn't take long. It's not going to take long. Um, I'm going to go... These are pretty much like a, a draft analyst type thing. And I'm gonna gonna go through all their all the rounds that they've picked and traded up and whatnot. I'm not gonna go over that. This is gonna be their first two picks and what I what I think where they're gonna be this coming season. Cause right now the, the, none of the none of the I don't think. Unless I I guess I'm messing if I, if they do, I missed it. But none of the 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 schedules are been released yet. <laughs> God, man, I ate Chinese right before I went on, and I am fucking full. I can barely breathe. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like shit. Okay, number 10. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say Green Bay. You know, their draft pick, I watch. If you want, you can listen to it on here. Uh, when they drafted that quarterback, uh, Jordan Love from Utah State, they, the, they, they, they're saying that he's, he's a big mobile guy. And when they say that, I kind of think like a Brent Roethlisberger. But then they say he has an arm like Brett Favre. I and then Aaron Rodgers is just sitting there, and he's gonna be playing with Devin Funches and Devontae Adams. And then and if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'd be thinking right now, I better step my motherfucking game up. Because last year wasn't really the year that they needed, right? Did they even make the playoffs? I don't even think they made the playoffs. I'm not prepared to go into all that. A.J. Dillon, they drafted him. A running back from out of Boston College. Um, he was the heaviest cornerback uh, in the Combine. But, you know, he had a... They said he had the highest vert in the combine. Um, second round, too. And then, just by basing off them two picks, which is, like, uh, you, you give them give Jordan Love, right? And then you're banking on what? Aaron Rodgers just, like, saying, I give up? Are you going to trade him away? Trying to save you some money? I don't know. Seems like a lot of money to me. I give him a C plus on that draft. And I, I just really don't know about that. I, I, that When I saw that they drafted like a, the, a first round quarterback and traded up to get it. Uh, I was like, well. <laughs> and the first thing I thought was like. Uh, wait a minute, did they, did they even have Aaron Rodgers anywhere? Did they do something that I don't know about? I must have missed something. No, they have them. Two caliber-storming quarterbacks. First-round quarterback, I don't know. 
probably my, uh, I'm a New England Patriot guy. I like, uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, a uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'm going to still root for the guy. I'm not going to root for Tampa, but I'm going to root for him. And, uh, and that's my next, uh, my next team, New England. New England Patriots is going to nine. I give him a C minus, man. I should give him a fucking F. Cause that draft was, oh man. I mean, they're beefing up the. I think they're gonna bank on defense. Cause they got Kyle Duggar. You know, I I just and Josh Uche. Defensive end from Michigan. They say he plays like Teddy Bruschi. <laughs> I mean, no weapons. And Jared Stenham is going to be the guy, I guess. Because I thought for sure when Cincinnati released um, their quarterback. I forgot their fucking name. I'm not even in it. I'm not even... Focus today. <laughs> yeah, and when they when I saw that they released him, I thought New England. They ain't gonna really go for a Stidham, are they? But that's gonna be the guy. That's that's and I'm gonna roll with it just exactly like how Bill Belichick is gonna roll with it. I'm just gonna sit here and just grin and hope for the best. And I'm probably not gonna get the best, but you know, and I watched some uh, preseason uh, footage on Stenham, some of his highlight plays, and he's got a good throw. But I'm not, it's not him I'm worried about. It's his weapons. If Tom Brady couldn't work with him, with these guys, then Stenham is going to do what? Get sacked all the time? I bet the defense is going to have to pull it out again. Because who knows? That defense is, <laughs> who knows? Then I got number eight, Tennessee, with uh, first round Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. Offensive tackle. And, uh, you know, some of the. Tennessee is really. From Derrick Henry, you know, the way he ran. It was almost like a, like a Madden game. Like, you ever see that, you know, the, the plays where you could do it, uh, like, just manually instead of just not having let the computer pick it for you? And you always go that run up the middle, exactly what Derrick Henry is. And you know it, and you can't stop it. And I think Tennessee is going to bank on that because they got, they got an offensive tackle from Georgia. He's a good run, good run blocker. That's what they, they're saying. He's a good run blocker. And then uh, they got a cornerback from LSU, which is, you want to balance it out. And they're saying he's the top cover corner in the draft. Not the best corner, like all around, but he's one of the best cover corners. And I'm going to have to agree, and I give them a B minus. And then that'll take me to Detroit. 
Now this is I'm putting them at at, at um I'm putting them at seven because of the the Vrabel. I believe in this system, and I think he's going to do better. Matt Stafford, they kept him, you know, they keep him healthy. And I think with his coaching, he's going to coach him up again this year. I mean, last year was was a really good year. And I'm surprised the kind of year he, he did have. I was like, Vrabel at, at Detroit, you know, that, that place is just a sinkhole for careers, like coaching careers, like... They tried so many of these of these coaches, and it just they either they don't work out or something. I don't know. Josh McDaniels tried it. They tried to hire him, and I think he went over there, seen the facility, he saw just nothing but an airplane hangar, and decided to leave. <laughs> he's like, nah. Their stadium don't even have a runway like Foxborough. But, you know, the first round, they paid the cornerback, Jeff Okudua. Okuda? Yeah, Jeff Okuda. They're, and they're saying he's the most complete cornerback of the draft and uh round two deandre swift from georgia wide receiver good 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 blocker and uh explosive explosive runner so they could even try him out at that running back position maybe in detroit maybe he he he, they joined jeremy collins out there desmond trufant and Danny Amendola out there helping him out nowadays. Which just kills me to see that. And then at number uh, six. Um, Tampa Bay. I was gonna put them higher, but I just can't. I just, I just don't. I can't see them going any higher than this, uh, and unless they have a, a, a season, because right now I'm going by pure the talent on that on this team. I used to believe in the Browns, but I just don't know about that team anymore. And it's the quarterback position. I hope they realize that it's your quarter back position um cleveland you just haven't found him yet you want to believe it's uh it's your man right there right now but it ain't him it ain't him i'm sorry it can't be him he's 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 done too much damage um i don't know where he stands and and interceptions in cleveland but it's got to be up there because I'm blaming half the losses to him and not scoring. It can't always be. I don't think it's always defense with that thing, even though they can't stop a, a, a fucking. Um, um, I'm just going to something. 
There's the owl. If you, I don't know if you hear it. That's a fucking owl out there. Close up shop, guys. No, maybe maybe they they're the ones that you know scared out the murder hornets. And uh, Tampa Bay drafts Tristan um, Criffs. Tristan Wirfs. God. Should know this. He's the offensive tackle from Iowa. Uh, and they're saying he's one of the best ones in the, in the draft. So, why not? And the safety Antoine Winfield from Minnesota. The Tristan is a, a Big Ten lineman of the year. Um... And Keyshawn Vaughn from Vandy, running back, uh, two 1,000-yard seasons. So they're giving him a lot of these, these weapons. And I think uh, the, the owners and the coaches pretty much probably see that. <laughs> of course, they're playing with Tom Brady. I mean, l- listen to this. Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, wide receiver, Mike Evans, Rob Gorkowski, Namonican Sue, and O.J. Howard. A tight end. Two tight ends. I mean, Mike Evans. I'm telling you, this is going to be an air show. And I would put them higher, but, you know, just just because you got these names on paper doesn't mean they're going to perform top-notch elite level right now. I got to see a game or two with the unit. And I've been told that, oh, it's going to be taking these guys time to gel. Well, how much gel do they need? Because Rob Gretkowski and Tom Brady played for so many years together already. I mean, what, did he, what else? I mean, you got Mike Evans. He'll, he'll gel. O.J. Howard, I'm pretty sure he'll gel. Quick. Then you give him a lineman. One of the best linemen in the draft. <coughs> then we get New Orleans. Oh, that, that, I give him a, I give him just an A. Tampa. Because they, they, they just give Tom Brady one. <laughs> I bet you Tom, they, they went in there and they looked at it. They give Tom Brady their, you know, their their roster and asked him, what do you want and what do you need to win? He said offensive line and a running back. New Orleans. In the first round, they get uh, Cesar Ruiz, Central from Central Michigan, Zach Braun. Bond? The linebacker from Wisconsin. Is that Bond? Zach Braun? Are you? I don't know. I give them a B. Good. It's a decent, decent draft. And, uh, Baltimore. I give Baltimore. I'm putting Baltimore up there. This this isn't. I'm not putting these guys there just because they had a good or bad draft. 
I'm putting them there because they their season last year and the roster that they have now, and what I think they're going to be at the end of the year, and I think Baltimore this is it. Um, Baltimore four. Um, the they got the linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU. Um, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, the running back, Baltimore. Um, I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, Earl Thomas, Mark Ingram, with these guys. Fuck, I'm full, man. I shouldn't have ate all that shit. Third, Minnesota. I just think they got a good roster. I, you know, and they're drafted uh, Justin Jefferson and Jeff Gladney, cornerback TCU. I mean, Drew Brees. I mean, not Drew Brees. Um, Kirk Cousins. Doing really good last year. Better than I thought. They they did they surpassed my expectations. Anthony Harris, Devin Cook, Adam Thielen, just ended up being a good group of people that 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 played as one unit really. And Minnesota number two, San Francisco. Everybody knows they really didn't have to draft much. Um, they got Jevin Kinlow, a defensive tackle. Pretty good. Um, 35 tackles, 6 sacks, 12, 12 starts last year. And uh, all-team all SEC honors. And, uh, and uh, tight end. They drafted tight end Charlie Warner. Um, and with Nick Bolasa, uh, Jimmy G, Kittle. I mean, that roster is going to be there again. They're going to be right there at the very end. And, uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, number one. Um, it's going to be hard to beat these guys. Uh, they added speed to their, uh, uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of people beating these guys. Not because of their defense. It's because they, they, whoever doesn't keep up with them, they're there. I mean, if you don't score, they'll score. And if you get another possession, you don't score, they'll score again. And they're just going to double you up. Um, Clyde Edwards, add more power and speed. Um... The Patrick Mahomes, Terry Kill, Kelsey, Tyron Matthews, Alex Okafor. I mean, the team's already loaded, so they really didn't have to draft much. I give them a B. Um, even though they didn't have to draft much, they drafted what they could in their spot. 
and you know is to me this they're gonna be in it they're gonna get the I, I don't see a lot of people beating them unless you know because Nick Bolsa ended up being a really good draft for San Francisco and ended up being starting he's right there he's in the mix he's rough tumble guy fits right into that group I mean just right in there like a Lego piece you ever need that Lego piece or like a puzzle piece and it just sticks right in that's Bosa he went he he fits right in there and Kittle just same thing I mean and Jimmy G I hope someone works on his passing because he in them in them games he he seemed um unconfident to me he did that's what it's like he was jittery he really didn't you know he wasn't really sure if he should threw it there then I don't know and when they were winning the Super Bowl someone said now you're gonna get a dose of their running game in the fourth quarter when they were up ahead by I think 10 not that much time to go San Francisco had the ball. All you had to do is run it, run it, run it, run it, get a first down, run it, run it, first down, run it, run it, run it. And then they didn't. <laughs> they threw it incomplete, stops the clock. What the fuck? I was very shocked when I was watching this. I was like, oh, well. Well, maybe they don't want to win. I don't know. I've never seen. I... Okay. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is the emulator, emulator, Nintendo leaked, some, someone leaked it, um, the Nintendo 64, uh, codes, uh, em, for emulating, uh, I think there, there was a GameCube 2 emulating, and these codes, I'm pretty sure... You can get them online somewhere. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. But I bought um, a modded Xbox. What you don't know about. If you don't know what a modded Xbox is. I bought one for 100 and some bucks. You could buy them on eBay. Or you could mod them yourself. You just go on YouTube and say. How can I make a modded Xbox? And they'll show you the whole fucking thing. And I got an Xbox, the original one, the green one, the first one that ever came out, that one. I've got that one. And that's the one you can mod right now. You can mod, uh, I think, the PlayStation 2 or 3. And I think you can mod an Xbox 360. I think you can. Or you could buy them like that. But uh, you ain't going to get much from Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo, the original Nintendo, yeah, maybe. But you're not going to get... Uh, you're not going to get um, 64 games or GameCube games. But I think now that they came out with this, it's, 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 you can. And if I can, and I'm, I'm going to look at it, I'm probably going to look at it right after this. I'm going to get one with the 64 games on it. Because there's some, there's some 64 games on emulators now, but they don't work real well. <laughs> Because they got GoldenEye, and that's what they pretty much will sell you on. It's like, well, you don't want to buy that emulator because this emulator's got GoldenEye. And so you're like, oh, money down on the counter. You get it. And then it don't really work like 
GoldenEye, glitchy, spacey, choppy, you know, you got that 16-bit look maybe sometimes, a little too edgy, blurry, out of focus. Everything that could go wrong, probably do. But, you know, that's that's the nerd in me. That's what I like, though. You know, I like that. I, I, buy, I bought the emulators. And I actually uh, had a, one of them Nintendo Minis. And I actually really, and I, someone, someone got to me and said, you know you could add games on there, right? I said, no, I don't. No, I didn't. He's like, I can do it for you. I was like, oh yeah? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty easy. He pretty much tell you how to do it on YouTube. He's like, really? So why do I need you? I ain't going to pay you nothing or anything. He's like, no, you don't have to. So we get done talking. And I got to thinking, how easy can it be? So I YouTubed it. And it turns out it's very fucking easy. Because <laughs> you can go on the internet and they'll have it all right there. And if you go, they'll tell you how to do it step by step on YouTube. You, all you have to do is follow the steps. And it's that easy. It's almost like cooking. All you have to do is follow the measurements and everything. It'll turn out perfect. But if you're going to skip something, then you're going to be like, well, that's good enough. Dash. No, you fucked it up already. So, I did it step by step. And I uh, went online, downloaded this and that on a flash drive. You have to hook your... Um, your uh, your Nintendo Mini to the laptop or your computer and then do it that way. And I've and I uploaded so much shit. <laughs> it was like over like 300 games, Nintendo games on that thing. And I fucked it up. Because I wanted Super Nintendo games and they really don't really work on there. I was like, how can you? And that's why I, I kind of fucked it up. I mean, they still have the original games on there, but some, oh man, it's been a while since I did it. But I, you pretty much have to take the original out, put it on like a, on a, I don't know, like a, in a folder on your, on your desktop and don't fuck with it. Cause if you lose it, the original, that's the original. Cause if you want your, your Nintendo mini go back to the way it was, you need that whatever's in that folder. And I forgot what it was. It's been a long time, but that's how it pretty much went. And I fucked it up, and I can't find what was in that folder. I'm, someone must have deleted it. Because I wanted it back to original. And I can't. <laughs> because I fucked it up. Man, we're, good, we're, good, we're waiting to get to the Nebraska part. Okay. But this is... I, these are some of the best games I've ever seen in my life. And we're going to start it off by... Um, in 2006. These ain't that old. 2006, you would think, because I was born in 82. You'd think I'd be picking like the 96 championship or the 1995 
this and that. Um, no. No. These are games that mean... Because in 95, 96, 97, we were expected... 90, 98, 99, 2000, we were expected to win. If you lose, that was... That was that, that was nothing. The most heartbreaking losses has been in 2001 to today. Some of the best Husker games I've ever watched. And <laughs> some someone just makes me wish that we could go back in time and change a play when they happened because if they if it could have went either way you know it was uh yeah 2006 uh nebraska against texas a&m uh big 12 championship implications were in this i think i think i read yeah zach taylor as our quarterback um Myrna lucky was a halfback um and a wide receiver, Todd Peterson. Seven receptions, 82 yards, one touchdown in this game. Zach Taylor, not too good. 35 attempts, 267 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Which is decent, but, you know, but Texas A&M in that era was really good. You had Stephen McGee, Stephen McGee, 31 attempts, 244 yards. Not that bad. No interceptions, though. No, no touchdowns. So we held them pretty good. Um, uh, Mike Goodson, 11 carries, 244 yards, no touchdowns. So Martellus Bennett, six receptions, 67 yards. And the box score, I wrote this down. Because <laughs> uh, it's been a while. I mean, 2006, you know, you don't think you can remember it. And I didn't get the time to go on YouTube and kind of watch it back. But I remember how this game went. So I don't know the specifics of the game, but I know Big 12 Championship implications. Um, one of the better seasons that we've had. Um, Callahan was the guy in the first quarter, and you scored. Texas A&M scored 7-7. And uh, second quarter, um, Nebraska scored twice, 14. Texas A&M only... Only a field goal. Third quarter, field goal only for Texas a We didn't score at all. Fourth quarter, um, NU scored seven. And uh, Texas a 14. Um, <laughs> it was a back-and-forth game. I, I remember that. It was a back-and-forth game. We won by one, 28 to 27. And it, it was a wild game. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure... YouTube has it. I'm pretty sure YouTube has the game. If you want to watch a wild, you know, you know, tit for tat, chess game being played, psych up being used, that was the game to, to that of uh, that year. And what a game it was. Um, Nebraska, the passing, 36 attempts, 228, 288 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We watched. We had 38 carries for 123 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, 21 receptions, 267 yards in the air, two touchdowns on the, for receiving, and uh, pretty much passing too, I guess. Receiving and re- receiving and passing. 
um, Texas A&M that uh, the passing at 32 attempts, 302 yards, no touchdowns, one, no interceptions, rushing, 27 carries, 158, 155 yards, three touchdowns, receiving 19 yards. We're really good at secondary on that year. It was a pretty good secondary. And um, Maurice Purify, nine-yard touchdown with 21 seconds to go in the fourth quarter in the game. Watch it. It is a really good game. And I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm confident you can watch it on YouTube. I'm pretty sure. It's got to be on there. And if it ain't, it ought to be. Um, these are these are these are the ten. I'm we're, there's ten of them that I'm going to be uh, use, referring to ten Nebraska top Nebraska games that I remember growing up in today. I guess not really like from back in the day. Because half these fucking games were in, in this decade. Like memorable names. Some of these names I forgot. I forgot we, about these quarterbacks too. I know Taylor Martinez and you know, and the, you know Tommy Armstrong. Those are the recent quarterbacks. And when then someone tries to you know talk to you about yesteryear. And brings up this quarterback. You're like, oh, I remember him. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be one of them old-timing Nebraska guys. Like, yeah, back in my day, you know. My dad used to always tell me about, you know, his, the quarterbacks that used to used to play when he was around. When, or when he was little. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? Who cares about him? Um, we're gonna go through, uh, this segment is done. <laughs> I mean, segment two. Cause I gotta like stop, you know, production and go to the, and we're gonna, we're gonna re- go on with this, uh, top 10 Nebraska games that I've ever watched. And some of them, you know, some of them you kind of forgot like that, uh, like the, already forgot Texas A&M game. Back in 2006. Now I'm going to refer to Wisconsin, Nebraska, 2012. If you remember that one. <laughs> and um, a close game. Okay, Wisconsin, Nebraska, 2012. Um, we're going to go right through their quarterbacks real quick. Um, okay, Wisconsin's uh, quarterback, Stavi. I think I remember him back in 2012. 
23 attempts, 214 yards, one touchdown. Um, for Nebraska, ball, remember, yeah. Running back, 31 carries, 93 yards, three touchdowns. Abrede, Jay Abrede, seven receptions, 142 yards, one touchdown for Wisconsin. And then our quarterback, of course, Taylor Martinez, 29 attempts, 181 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, Taylor Martinez also rushed <laughs> in this game 13 times, 170 yards, one touchdown. And Kenny Bell, uh, four receptions, 57 yards. And uh, the, this box score is um, a very close box score. I don't know. At first, it looked like Wisconsin is going to just blow us out, out of the fucking water. It was 14-3 in the first. Then we kind of evened things up. You know, our defense really, really came alive in the second quarter. Holding to only six. We had we had one touchdown. So, um, third quarter, again, defense holding up. Um, holding them to seven. And we get 17 in, that, in the third. And fourth quarter, defense showing up in the fourth. Holding them to zero, we got three. Um, beating them twenty-seven to thirty. Wisconsin, they're rush, they have forty-one rushing, rushing attempts, fifty-seven yards, three touchdowns. Um, passing uh, was probably their lifeline in this one. Twenty-eight attempts, two hundred thirty-nine yards, one touchdown, and yeah. And you, 29 attempts on passing, 181 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, rushing, 46 carries, 259 yards, one touchdown. Receiving, 17 receptions, 181 yards, and two touchdowns for the win in 2012 against Nebraska or Wisconsin in Lincoln. In Lincoln. That's another thing I want to get, get across. We played in Lincoln. And I think everybody knows this. This is pretty much how we got like a um got that song. They always play. I don't even know what the song is called. They always play every time Nebraska wins. But this is the game that where we made it, we put a stamp on it. Michigan State at Nebraska, 2015. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. Calvin Cook, their quarterback, very good quarterback, played out of his mind that year until, I mean... They just look like the, an NFL team against us when we were high schoolers. When when this thing started off, we're like, Ugh. oh no, because they looked bigger than us. They didn't play bigger than us because in the first quarter, we outscored them ten to three. But Cook looked 
he was that guy though, you know. Every every time every time someone talks to him, he's like, This guy's gonna be NFL ready, he's gonna be number one, he's gonna be number one draft pick, he's gonna be number one on everyone's scoreboard. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This guy this guy from Michigan State is is already a, a NFL quarterback. Why is he playing against us? But you know, it's passing yards. Three hundred thirty five yards, four touchdowns, one interception. That is like NFL numbers. Tommy Armstrong, 38 attempts, 320 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. We came to play in this one. I remember Imani Cross, 18 carries, 98 yards, one touchdown. And then uh, the Husker killer, Aaron Burbridge from Michigan State, 10 receptions, 164 yards. Holy shit. Jordan Westerkamp, he, he, he matches him. Nine receptions, 143 yards, one touchdown. I mean, right there. What a game. Controversy. In the second quarter, they outscored us. 14-3, third quarter, they outscored us 14-7, and then you think, shit's dire, man. I mean, I mean, every time they scored, it's like they, it's like a wave of momentum, just woo, and it just kept on pushing us and pushing us, you're like, oh, fuck, how are we going to beat this team? And then the fourth quarter happened. Held them to only seven points. We scored 19. I think everybody knows this. I mean, you can, right when I'm talking about it, you can probably replay it in the back of your mind. Like, yes, Tommy Armstrong streaks one down the left hash. And he was definitely pushed out, pushed out of bounds, came back and caught it, touchdown. He was forced out, immediately came back in. And I don't see how, because... You could call it either way. But in everybody, every Husker mind, he he, he established himself in, back inside as quickly as he could. And shame on that cornerback for even trying to attempt to hit him out of bounds. That's my take on it. 38-39. Nebraska wins it. Uh, great game. It was probably the most exciting I've been in a long time. Because I don't think we've beaten... Because Michigan State, I think they were like ranked, ranked like top 10 too. And I remember not we, we could never beat like top 10 teams ever. Because we would just like lay down like a mat and just like walk on us. Okay, we're going to go to 2008, November 28th, 2008, Nebraska, Colorado. Um, I, I, this, this game, um, you know, I, I, Colorado is just... 
I wish we could play him every year, man. <laughs> they talk so much shit. It's almost getting... The annoyance is almost worse than Iowa. Almost. It's up there, though. The, the, the balls on these guys. And we cannot... I remember two years ago playing Colorado. We should we should have beat them, and and somehow we just know. Last year, blowing the fucking doors off a man, and just just can't do it. I don't know what happened. It's like our confidence just withers away, like in the middle of the game, somehow. Or the confidence is too much, and we let them get ahead. We let them, you know, we give them too much credit, you know, too much respect. We give them too much respect, or something. I don't know. And then they beat us. <laughs> and I cannot, there's two games I will refuse to watch. That game from last year, and the New York Giants-New England game with the, that um, who, that guy, that, the helmet catch with Eli Manning. Yeah, where he just flicks it up into the air and says, <laughs> good luck, and somehow they catch it. Those are the two games I will I refuse to watch because them games... In my eyes, my, our, my team should have won. We should have won this. <clears throat> and we just, we let them off the hook. If you want to crown them, crown them. <laughs> All right, settle down. Um, Colorado's quarterback, Cody Hawkins. 24 attempts, 249 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Um, NU quarterback, Joe Gans, one of them names, right? 26 attempts, 229 yards, two, two touchdowns in this one. Um, Colorado's running back, uh, Demetrius Sumler, nine carries, 65 yards, two touchdowns, and a wide receiver, Rear Greer. Uh, two receptions, 86 yards, one touchdown in this one. And our running back, Roy Halo Jr., at 25 carries, 166 yards. I swear, uh, he should, he, I don't think he got a touchdown in this one. Wide receiver, Mike McNeil, three receptions, 70 yards, one touchdown. Colorado, and you, uh, the, uh, trade and trading off, you know, trading punches in the first quarter, 14 14. Same thing in the second quarter, 10 10. In the third quarter, uh, they get the best of us there. They get that cheap shot in there, 7 3. Fourth quarter, we, we knock them down. We knock them down in the fourth quarter, 13 0. We beat them 31-40. Uh, 
I think this is the one where I think. Yeah, this is the one where Sue intercepted the ball, running down like thirty yards, and 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 you see. <laughs> Cody Hawkins trying to tackle him at the feet and he just like pretty much like shoves him out of the way. This is the game. This is the game where Sue intercepted it and ran it in. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was and he throws against he threw the, the, the football in excitement against the thing, you know, you get the, the, the excessive celebration thing, the flag. One of the one of the greatest times I peed myself, I think, on this one. I was so excited. I I, I just I'm gonna watch it again after this one. Cause Sue was such an important person in that year, and, and to our Nebraska football program, he is probably the most dominant. Uh, you know, people I hear people always talk about that train wreck Novak, how dominant he was. Um, Sue, Nomadic and Sue was exactly I, I think maybe better than that. Such an important person. In Nebraska history, that guy. And I hope he knows it. Like he 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 could he pretty much get get the keys to the to the stadium to the to the university. He uh, he he's probably the one of the one of the best defensive players I've ever saw in my life, pro or college. Yeah, you could say how dirty he was in pro, but I don't give a shit. He's my guy. He's a he's he's one of them old school. He's old school. What can I say? You get the better of him, he'll stomp you stomp your nuts in, I guess. <laughs> Cleat your hand, kick you in the head, give you a little shove, might fart on you. You know, just get one in there. Yeah. Okay, this next one I, I got uh what how many games I got here? It can't be much. Let me see here. There's two. Okay, all right. I ain't got that much longer to go. I can stop this. I'm. I feel like I'm getting a cold. Am I, am I getting the COVID nineteen right now on air? Oh my Jesus. Okay, Nebraska. This this game. No. <laughs> these are the one of these games. I couldn't be around anybody. I watched it alone. Cause. You know, you go to the Husker parties, it's just loud. Some people don't even give a fuck about the game anymore. This was like like a, one of the early games, like 11 o'clock a.m. game. This is one of them games. Early games, I, they, I hate them. But, you know, either way, you're drinking after the game or during. Nebraska, Notre Dame, 2000, September... Ninth in South Bend, Indiana. This is the game where Nebraska showed up in Indiana in a huge way. I remember Dick Vitale couldn't believe it. He's like, I cannot believe no Notre Dame fans are in the stadium. It's all Husker. And that aerial shot of of South Bend Stadium. Well, I mean, you. It was a great shot. I mean, it, it was almost a home game, and it was one of the best games I've ever watched on TV. Um, 
Dan Alexander. What can I say? The big guy. Running back. 112 yards. 24 attempts. Carl Barkhalter. 9 attempts. 43 yards. Eric Crouch. 15 attempts. 1 touchdown. 103 yards. And then their boy. Ernest Battle. Uh, three, 15 attempts. 1 touchdown. 40 yards. Um... The, the the box score, man. Uh, you talk about, you know, one of them games that it was like a trap, well, a trap game, you know. Um, the excitement kept them in, I think. This is one of the, probably Nebraska's best teams they've had since, like, 94, 95, 96, 97, then that era. This is probably one of the better teams since then. Um, I mean, you look at the names on these. On, go on the roster and look at the names on these on both these teams. Rocky Kalmus, Battle, Jason Peter, no, uh, Kyle Vandenbosch. I mean, the, the names alone, I mean, I mean... Not just like in field. I don't think you you see him in pro, but in college football, it was <laughs> it was a who's who on these teams. Uh, the box score first, we get the better of them. You know, we score first. It took a bit. It took a while. Uh, I think it was our third possession, maybe. And first quarter, we seven zero. Um, they, I think they tie it up seven, seven, they third quarter that seven, seven again and fourth quarter, they tied it up. We go on overtime and, uh, we really flexed our muscles in overtime. We didn't give them nothing. We didn't give them nothing. They had a they, We wasn't, we wasn't going to give them anything for free. And uh, they only scored a field goal, and we scored a touchdown, and it, 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 that was it. 24-27, Nebraska escapes barely. Uh, the first downs 11. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. It, <sighs> Nebraska's weakness in this game was Notre Dame's strength. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a quarterback. They kept on switching in and out in this game. I remember that. First downs, Notre Dame had 11, and you had 20. Rushing yards, uh, Notre Dame had 884. Uh, Nebraska, 274. Passing, Notre Dame only had 40. We had 103. And the total offense, 224 to our... 377 and the return yards this is what I want to say I put down return yards usually I won't I won't, I won't even give, give a fuck about return yards but th- this is what I'm saying uh, there our weaknesses were there because our special teams that year were was shit and Notre Dame was the best at returning they we gave them 113 yards returning two touchdowns 
Isaiah was on a punt and a kick return. And we just get we just let him back in the game. I mean, you you could count, you look, it looked like we were gonna just like just start stacking the points on him until like we are. It just it was just a different game. And you can see it on TV too. I mean, it kind of makes pisses me. I even know we won, but you know, the game shouldn't even been close. I think Rocky Rocky Boyman or Rocky Calmus. I mean Rocky. Forgot his name, but he was one of their uh, defensive players, and it was insane. Because there was a Rocky that played on Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. Oklahoma. And my next game, Nebraska-Missouri. Everybody knows this one. 1997. Everybody knows it. I, don't, I probably don't even have to. I'm not going to give any statistics or anything about this. I, I'll give you box scores. I, I'll, I'll tell you that Scott Frost... Amon Green, Bobby Newcomb, Eric Warfield, Matt Davidson, Scott Frost rushing for four touchdowns that game. And Missouri's quarterback, Jones, 101 yards, one touchdown, 20 attempts, 12 completions, one interception for 233 yards in this game. Played like Joel Theismann. So he got like, he completed 12 out of 20 passes. So you pretty much know where their strengths were. They're running, running. And their defense, I guess. First quarter. And those of you that, that haven't seen this, go go on YouTube. I'm 100% I'm sure this is on YouTube. Watch this. For some reason, we could have the best season in the Big 12. And, God, it's hard to explain. And you you go the whole year, and here comes this team, Missouri, that wants to fuck shit up. And I think that's what motivates them, is just being a shithead, a fucking a fucking hater. And they're just saying, well, you know what? You guys might be the best, but not today. And they give us, they either they either come close to beating us or beating us. It's it 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 doesn't go either other way. They really come close, or they do beat us. And this is one of them games. Like, we had one of them game championship season game. Going into this thing, night game of Missouri, in, in Missouri, in Mizzou. Um, that, uh, different atmosphere type game. Fourth quarter, we, we, we topped them, 14-7. This second quarter was was it though, you know. Then 
you kind of when they seventeen, and we only score seven, then that's when you're thinking, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, this is this ain't gonna be that this ain't gonna be that forty two, ten game. Third quarter we match scores seven seven. Fourth quarter, we top them, ten to seven. And fourth quarter was it? Uh, yeah, ten seven and fourth. And then we go in overtime. We we stop them in overtime, and we scored, and that was it. Forty five thirty eight. See, hearing me say that they scored and we scored in overtime, that was it. Doesn't give it justice. You got to watch it. Your heart beats. You 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 don't even know. I mean, when someone says like says, "Well, this is this is the flea flicker game." Well, not it's not a flea flicker of a sense of when um, you you ever you know Matt Davison will always be in Husker lore as one of the. <laughs> I mean, you you see all these great names, you know Scott Frost, Joel Makovica, Amon Green on this team. This is a great team. Jason Peter, Grant Winstrom, Eric Warfield, and uh, Ralph and Mike Brown. Uh, you, you all these all these teams that were on the all these guys that were on this. Uh, Zetska, Polak. Pollock, all on this team, Nebraska, and Missouri saying, yeah, but you're in Missouri, and and we're not going to just lay down for you, and they gave Nebraska a game, and we go, they took us to overtime, and should have beat us. But Matt Davison with the man, I wish I had like a recording or something. I'll put it right up. But uh Yeah, watch the game. It's one of the better games. Is it, it if it wasn't for Matt Davison, the nineteen ninety seven championship would have not have happened. Let me tell you that much. That's it. That's the truth. Because Matt Davison, he didn't kick the ball. He caught the ball. <laughs> and then if we had, like, replay today, and they're saying, no, 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 no. Replay it. It would have been good anyway. Two hands of the ball, cradled it. Everything. Um, This next game. Uh, um, Yeah. Ohio State, Nebraska, number 14, Nebraska at the time, in Lincoln, October 8, 2011. Um, great game. I remember where I was. I remember the... I stopped watching it. Um, like After the first quarter, I was like, this game fucking sucks. I'm not going to watch this anymore. Taylor Martinez, uh, 
191 yards, two touchdowns, one interceptions. And then the guy that seems like he's been there since 2002, uh, Braxton Miller, nightmare, 95 yards, one touchdown. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you the, the only reason why he got only 95 yards is because he got hurt in the third. Carlos Hyde. 104 yards, two touchdowns. Rex Burkhead, 26 carries, 119 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Rex Burkhead as a savior that in that game. Um, the rushing for Ohio State in that game was 243 yards, two touchdowns. Passing, 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Which is, you know, it, that don't even... See the stats and everything when I'm throwing up numbers like that, and you got to count in the momentum in this game was all Ohio State from the beginning to mid third, because that's when Braxton got hurt. And if it wasn't for I'm I'm gonna tell you the truth, and I'm not gonna pull any punches here, and this is the God honest truth because you know. Even though I'm a Nebraska fan and I want to be biased. But I'm going to tell you right now, if Braxton Miller didn't get hurt, we wouldn't have won that game. That's true. We would have lost. But hey, you know, uh, first quarter... They top us 10 to 3. Second quarter, same thing, 10 3. Third quarter, 7 14. Right there, there, there's the there's the difference. And the fourth quarter, 0 14. Their the quarterback that uh <laughs> the quarterback that uh <laughs> replaced um Braxton, Joe Bowserman, 13 yards. He see he came in like mid-third, like <laughs> cold. 13 yards, 10 attempts, one interception. So they're not really going to put much on him. They're, I think they were running it. <laughs> they're like Bowserman. Even that even that name. He probably thought he was going to be a kicker next year. He's like, Bowserman, get in there. Oh, my God. They pretty much, pretty much took a loss there. <laughs> um, uh, the next one. Uh... Nebraska, Oklahoma, 2001, heavyweights, um, number two, Nebraska, number one, Oklahoma, I think it was at Norman, Nor- no, it was in Lincoln, Heibel, Nate Heibel, the quarterback, our quarterback, uh, no, no, Jason White, well, yeah, Heupel got hurt. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like in the second quarter. That's when Jason White came in and tried to rectify shit. Yeah. Then Mark Clayton was their next quarterback, I think, with one attempt. Um, I think everybody knows what, I, what, what this is. Uh... This is the game where uh, uh, stunts 
did some shit and pretty much won the game. Uh, did a stunt. Mike stunts one attempt, one completion, 63 yards, one touchdown. Everybody knows that that one play, that one throw, Eric Crouch caught for a touchdown. He threw that one touchdown to Eric Crouch. It was a, it was a reverse pass. Everybody must have just lost. And he threw it right on the money, Stunts did. On the run. Um, what a game. It was a really good game. It was like a, you know, like, that, like a Rocky movie, just back and forth, fight. Uh, heavy, they, they, everyone, they, it was, lived up to the hype, number one, number two, and I remember these defenses wasn't giving nothing up, nothing, and I didn't even get the box score on here, no, okay, and the, the last game I'm gonna do is, uh, number, my tenth game, which is gonna be my number one game, uh, Oh, man, watch watch this game. If you're if you have any time and you're bored and you and if you're a Texas Tech fan or you're a Nebraska fan, go back and watch. I bet you Texas Tech knows what I'm talking about. This is when number when Texas Tech was number seven in 2008. Joe Gans was our quarterback. Um, Graham Harrell was their quarterback. Uh, Oh man, I mean this this game really, this one hurt so bad that the this we we didn't we didn't win we didn't win we got beat and I think it was an overtime. There's a train. You I bet you everyone can hear the train. We're almost done here though. Um. This this game like it really hurt, cause I remember when we got beat the year before this, cause we got beat we got handled like nothing. We didn't we didn't even give up a fight. We got our asses kicked, and then we come with this one. And I'm thinking number seven, Texas Tech. Now nah, we're uh, we we don't have a shot, but we gave ourselves a shot, and it was close all the way down to the end. When I don't know who it was, I, I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't I don't like watching this shit, because this one I think about this every now and then, as a Nebraska fan, and and my brothers know exactly every time we started like talking about like past games and what game did you like and what game you wish, you know. This is the game. Nebraska Texas Tech two thousand eight. Um. We should have had it one. We intercepted the ball. He ran, got hit, fumbled it. He fumbled it, and we gave him the ball back. And they continued to drive. And he and I mean, it's just like 
you know, something like that to happen. <laughs> you ever see them things happen, you know? Like an easy squeeze the ball, you know, can of corn comes down, catch it, and you either drop it or you fuck it up somehow. Do it. And, it's the, and this was that game. He had it intercepted. If he would have just dropped to his fucking knees, the game would have been over with. Nebraska's ball, kneel it three times, fucking call it good. No. <laughs> no. He had to intercept it, run into the policy. I don't even think this was like a. A good guy to intercept it. I think it was just like a like a linebacker or, or something. And he goes and run in in the pile, gets hit and fumbles it. Fat fucking animal with this ball tries to run it into the pile, into everybody, and what like kind of, kind of wanted to like steamroll him or something, and fumbles it. And you could hear you could you could Google it and shit. And I bet you there's people that laugh at the, at the article like how <laughs> this this bumbling buffoon this this idiot man yeah but this is that game check it out those are my top 10 Nebraska games that, that wish I could just take that the, the the best games I've ever watched, and one very heartbreaking, one very heartbreaking that'll take to my grave. I'm gonna have it etched in my stone. Nebraska Texas Tech 2008. Fuck you, Red Raiders. And you know when you're on top, you you know when you're on that, when you're the team on top, you cannot, like take the 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 criticism you know I don't it's if you when you're that team like Oklahoma was that team Oklahoma is that team right now but but in the 80s they were that team and it kind of fell off in the 90s kind of I know there wasn't that that juggernaut that they used to be Kind of like Miami. They're not that juggernaut anymore. Nebraska isn't. And Alabama is. And they're dropping off too a little bit. Looks like LSU is taking the reins for a little while. But, you know, when, you, when you're that top team in the 90s and the early 2000s, Nebraska's, Nebraska was that team. 2002, 2003, 2004, you know, we kind of gave it up. We're starting to fade away around in there. Bill Callahan era wasn't really a good era. I mean, probably, like, if you look at statistically wise, better than uh, that coach that was here, like, statistically wise. Like, it, when you think about it, like, oh, he was a terrible coach, but he did better than, and, 
Not Bo Pliny. He didn't do better than Bo. Bo Pliny did better than any of these coaches right now. <laughs> and I just couldn't stand the guy because of he's his chewing and that big nose and that fucking that snarl he had and he and he cussing. And when he told to when he was caught saying fuck Nebraska fans, those fair weather fans. I'm like, let's let's just go over there and beat him up. I like Bo Pliny. He was my guy. He was the guy that I thought that was going to come in here. But when you're losing to Minnesota, you know, you beat these teams and you, you go into these games and you, you're wiping them out 21-7 to 7 and you let them back in the third and then they then they come running back in the fourth and then you let this team win and beat you. And not just beat you, but just surpass the your the score. Taya, then go up by 14. Minnesota did that two years in a row. And we clearly had the better team. How we lost, I don't know. And I think that's when we said Bo can't Bo, he, he he can't do it. He can't beat the big team. He can't beat the, he can't win the big game. And it and when it comes to these games where he has the pedal to the metal, he 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 doesn't have the 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 killer instinct. He lets up and he just lets up and he tries to be like conservative about it. Everybody just take stay calm. And the bad goggles when he starts getting beat and that momentum starts hitting him on the shoulders. And he's and he and he's chewing that gum. He's yelling at the refs at that time. He's throwing his hat down on the ground. He's like, what the fuck is happening to me? Nah. He's just not that. He's not that coach. Especially for here. <coughs> I wish he was. I wish Bo Pelini was the, you know... He just, he just, I don't think he, it, it's that killer instinct, I guess. See, I don't know how football is today. I mean, back in the day, it just seemed bigger, a rougher sport. And it was, you know, now you got these. Rules and regulations saying, well, you can't, you can't practice with the helmet on this day, or you can't practice with pads, or you can't fully practice like this, and you gotta, you can't hit on this. You can't, you can't be out there past five o'clock. I think that's one of the rules. You can't be, can't, you can't practice past six o'clock or five o'clock. You got so many hours to practice too, I think, in the week. I don't know. But yeah, that, <laughs> uh, we're going a little bit too long. Well, you know, that's going to be doing it for this week, for this show. We're going to try to put out more content. Derek didn't show up again. He doesn't return my text. He doesn't return my calls. 
I try to get a hold of my older brother, Josh. He doesn't return my texts. He doesn't return my calls. I said, fuck it. I'll do it by myself again this week. I'll probably do it again next week. I'm probably going to make a decision to just do it by myself here and now and not worry about the fuckers anymore. So who knows? Because I tell them these are the, the topics I want to talk about, you know. Top 10 Nebraska team. What, what do you think? Or the top top 10 NFL teams that you think are going to be there at the end of the season. What do you think? Nothing. I get no intake. I, I put, there's output. There's no input. So, yeah. So, it's a one-way street so far. Uh, so, I'm just going to do it by myself from now on. How about that? That's, I think that's what I'm going to do. All right, this is Curtis Morris for Native, the Native Hicks Show. Uh, we're going to be back. Uh, I'm going to try to put out more content, like two t- two shows a week. I think I'm just going to ramp it up a little bit more. Uh, I, I The news and the – there's not a lot of news, though, you know, to be doing two per week. I just don't see the point in it. But as soon as, you know, the sports and the – you know, we get more – more to do it's it's kind of hard to come up with content that's i know everyone wants more content but yeah so this is the native x show i'll talk to you guys next week have a good weekend saturday this saturday ufc you know get the you know get the people in uh the watch party going uh zoom party get your beer this is the weekend to have fun Unless they postpone it some for some reason tomorrow, like Disney again, saying no, you, we're not going to do that again. Uh, yeah, so have a good weekend, everybody. I'll be back next week.